0: Souls, welcome back to another episode of the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Big day today, big day. Today I met for the first time virtually with my new psychiatrist, and I think all in all it went really well. I like her. Um and so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that um, she determined or she expressed to me um, throughout the, the session. Um, because there was one thing specifically that she shared with me that I had never really thought about it before. Um, I know it existed, but I guess I just never really thought too much about it. So at the end, uh, towards the end of the session, she said that we need to work on balancing the emotional and the rational, uh, post-stroke. So what I had done is I told her that emotionally, I feel so freaking lost and um and hopeless, you know, and intellectually, I have a response to all of my emotions, you know, um, things like, oh, I feel like uh, all the good stuff in my life is over, you know, I've lost everything, like, if I were to say, um, I feel like I lost everything when I had my stroke. That would be my emotional side. My rationale, my rational side, would say, "Well, of course you haven't lost everything. Look at this beautiful home you have. You have um, these two successful kids that are making their way through their life. You know, their lives independently." And you have a loving family and beautiful dogs and, and um, such a great support system. Like, intellectually, I have a response to all of my irrational emotions, but yet that still is not helping, you know? It's not getting any better. And what she said was, your rational side can't always outweigh your emotions. Um, But we can work on this to help you find balance again. So I thought, well, this is really an interesting concept, actually. Um, I've thought about balance from a lot of different angles. You know, there's work-life balance, all that stuff. But I don't know how much I've really invested my time in looking at the balance between my emotions and my rational self. Um, So I know that many of you have faced your own challenges, whether it's addiction, alcoholism, mental health struggles, or some sort of life-altering event, like a stroke, like I had. Um, These experiences can leave us feeling like We're standing on the edge of a cliff, you know, and we're just looking down into the unknown, into all this uncertainty. And where is my life headed? That's how I have been feeling. And since my stroke, there's been this constant tug of war inside of me. Like on the one hand, my emotional self feels like everything is over uh my job is over my kids are gone you know moved out um and that i don't have anything to look forward to and i ca- i catch myself thinking that you know that my life is over the best of my days have passed i even will go so far as to think that i'm going to die soon um And these thoughts are so heavy and they weigh on my entire spirit. It's no wonder I am able to show up and be perky all the time like I am. And I was explaining to her about, she said, you know, do you see yourself more as like depressed, kind of being depressed all the time or, and I said, no, I actually feel like outwardly I'm really positive all the time. And I said, but I feel, that's not how I feel on the inside. I feel like I, I feel like I have sandbags on my chest and there is this rational side of me that knows that my life isn't over Um, and this rational side is like whispering to me that there is still beauty and joy ahead of me that uh, you have so much strength that you've shown to yourself and the uh, other people in your lives your family your kids not only um as you got yourself sober, but as you continue to stay sober and then facing the stroke and figuring out how to continue to hold yourself up when so much is weighing you down. And and it whispers about like all of the love and support of my amazing family and my devoted boyfriend and my two... Uh, Incredible puppy dogs. Um, And then, so balancing these sides, these two sides, the emotional and the rational, is just not something that I've ever really thought too much about. Um, I've kind of dealt with them independently. And I'm sure that you can relate, right? I'm not unique. <laughs> it's, it's like trying to stand still. Like dealing with both of these sides is like trying to stand still with your chest filled with confidence while a storm is raging on the inside. That's what anxiety felt like to me um, when I was still drinking. So it's that similar feeling that on the outside, everything looks fine. But on the inside, there's something very wrong. Um, And I always talk about how I don't like standing still. And I mean this from every level. Um... Mentally, physically, professionally, I don't like standing, emotionally, I don't like standing still. Um, I talked about how when I was a kid and growing up and going into adulthood, I felt like I was watching my brother and my sister move forward in their lives, and yet I was standing still. And I, I just I wasn't going anywhere. Um, again, in every aspect of of moving forward, I felt like I was standing still. So this idea of standing still drives me crazy. Like I, I just want to keep moving, and so therefore I do always keep moving. Physically, I'm physically moving all the time until I actually set aside time to lay down and take a nap, um, I'm moving. Even if I'm listening to an audible book or something, I'm moving. And then mentally, I'm doing the same thing. I'm constantly moving. The only way that I can get my mind to stand still is to listen to an audible book. Uh, I've, I've been, lately I've been listening to Uh, LinkedIn learning about storytelling, and even listening to something that's educational, my mind is not staying still. I am thinking of all the amazing, great things and how I'm going to change the world. That's that's what my mind does. Um, And I think that this stroke recovery may be trying to tell me that standing still is okay and i think it means that i'm like reminding me i'm still here i'm still fighting and i'm still living and it i suppose it's kind of like trying to walk across this reminds me of an uh one of my job when i used to work with my boyfriend so this was i don't even know Thirty? No, it couldn't be thirty years ago. Uh, twenty years ago? Twenty years ago? Something like that. We used to walk across this parking lot, and the wind would blow. I mean, there were days that I was like, "The wind is gonna <laughs> uh, carry me away." Like it was, it was so hard. And so I was thinking that this feels like trying to walk across that parking lot in hurricane winds. And the more you try to push against it, um, the more you just feel like you're going to fly away. And sometimes you just need to stand still and focus on keeping yourself upright. Um, And that's, that's what I feel like this is telling me. That's what I feel like all signs are pointing to. Rachel, stand still stop moving. You know, that's hard for me. <laughs> so anyway, my, so my, my appointment with my psychiatrist was already an eye-opener. Um, so I call that successful. It exceeded my expectations that I walked away with something that really was thought-provoking for me. And I really appreciated that she said that it takes a lot of bravery to seek help, especially when you know that you're gonna have to get uncomfortable. And we talked about everything from my family relationships to um, my journey to sobriety, um, what it's like in, in sobriety, how I bookend my day with my 7 a.m. sobriety meeting and my evening uh, podcast. And uh, she also asked me about what was life like between the time that you got sober and you had your stroke. And when she asked me that question, I felt like my whole insides like lit up. Even my face lit up and I was able, because I couldn't wait all of a sudden to share with her all the great things that happened um, during that time. So it was challenging to find the words to explain my feelings of anxiety, like what are my symptoms and my thoughts and my feelings around anxiety. And what does depression feels like, feel like for me? And especially as the appointment went on and my head started to really hurt and that rubber band around my head started feeling like it was a uh, hundred more rubber bands were added and they were just squeezing my head. And I've been really, really dizzy over the past few days. So I'm looking forward to getting my m injection tomorrow morning. Um, but it was, I think I did a good job with, you know, explaining myself. I, I I did everything I could to try to be fully open and honest because I can't, she can't help me unless I'm fully open to To the help. And, um, and so that's what I did. And it was definitely a step forward in understanding for me that sometimes I get out of balance, and that's okay. And during our session, I did break down once I was, I, I pretty much assumed at some point I was going to cry. And I did. <laughs> I did at the very end. Um, I don't remember what she asked me, but I said that I was terrified. And I just, it was, I felt like I was going to break open when when I said that. I felt like I was just going to explode. Um, I did not cry in that way. But that's what I felt like. I felt like I was going to just break wide open. Um, So I know that there's a lot in there that needs to come out. And it's interesting that I don't cry a lot anymore. I don't know if it's because of the medication that I take or what. But my whole life I've been a crier, (laughs) you know. Um, And now I don't... (laughs) I just don't. I don't cry. Um, unless something's really, really bad, then I'll cry. And I think that crying has been healing for me throughout my life. And the fact that I don't cry now, I think it might be a might be a problem, but I, I don't know. So when I said I was terrified, I I couldn't really pinpoint what I was scared of. I mean, I didn't even try. It was really just a statement. That I was terrified and um, saying it out loud was both heartbreaking like it felt like I was just crumbling into dust when I said it but it was also very freeing to be able to it was like a volcano that had been building up pressure so it was it was a bit liberating as well and um, it was a moment of vulnerability and of admission that I don't have all of the answers for myself, you know, I don't have all of the answers. I try my best to find the answer, to seek answers, to seek solutions, but um, I don't have them all, and I, I'm humble enough to know that I, that I don't have them all. Um, I, I do this podcast not because I'm trying to give people advice, but because I'm trying to share my experience, strength, and hope so that it may help someone try to figure out their challenges faster and easier than I have. Um, So this moment of vulnerability was just exactly what I talked about yesterday, right? I talked about Brene Brown's my favorite quote of hers that vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation creativity and change so that signaled me when I broke down and I said I'm terrified uh, it was a moment of extreme vulnerability and it signified to me that a change is about to happen so that's a positive thing so I have another appointment next Wednesday to continue our discussion and we're going to mark down, she said, we're going to mark down some goals. So uh, we're going to talk about, like, what do I want to get out of my sessions with her and that kind of thing. So in the meantime, I wanted to explore a bit about how we find balance between our emotional and rational selves to see if, is there something that I could be doing that I'm not doing? And even if it's the same words, I'm looking at them from a different angle now. Like, just having one appointment with her put a new set of lenses on my eyes, you know? Um, So here are a few suggestions that I found today when I was looking at how to find balance between our emotional and rational selves. So one is acceptance, and usually I talk about acceptance in uh, what's happening to us, you know, what thing, people, places, and things, how they have affect us, and I need to accept it and all that stuff. This is kind of a different angle. At least it looks different to me today than it has, and I'm looking at it from accepting that it's okay to feel Scared, lost, or uncertain. And these emotions are a part of being human. Yes, I've said that before. I've said it's okay. But today it feels different. It's funny how that happens a lot of times with me when I go to my sobriety meeting in the morning. I might hear, well, I often hear the same things. You know, every year we read the same passages out of the literature and depending on the day what's going on in my life I'll hear something totally different even though it's the same exact passage. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. These suggestions for finding balance um, they're not something I haven't talked about before on the podcast but they they feel a little different today. So I'll just share them with you. So yeah, the first one was acceptance. Second, we have self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Um, remember how far you've come and the battles that I've already won. <laughs> you. I'm supposed to be talking to you. I'll talk about me. Sure. So be kind to myself and remember how far I've come and the battles that I've already won. Um, It really, really is helpful to know um, that I have the experience of becoming sober under my belt. Because that was, you know, up until now, I don't know. (laughs) It's questionable, but it was the most difficult thing I've ever had to deal with. And uh, now I've got this, like, (laughs) this... This experience wants to try to win the heavyweight championship, uh, and we'll see if it does. But knowing that I've overcome so many challenges, it really does help and um, reminds me of how brave and strong I am. Number three is mindfulness. So continuing to practice meditation and mindfulness and it'll help me to stay present and reduce some of those negative thoughts. I did some meditation today. I love it. I tune into the Calm app and I just do like 10 minutes and um, and it's just so it's so good to just find a center, you know, to like center myself for like 10 minutes. That's it. It does like a world of of difference in my in my days. Number four is talk about it, whether it's with a therapist or a loved one or even through a podcast like this one, talking helps. And that's something that I've always tried to lean into. I didn't used to when I was drinking. And I have found that talking is the best solution for getting all of that stuff out of my dark place. Um, Number five is set small goals. Focus on achievable tasks. And it can be as simple as doing some of my gardening, or sewing, I have some pajama pants that I'm sewing, if I could get just get the darn buttonhole uh, (laughs) to work, uh, or just enjoying a good audible book. And six finally is staying connected. So leaning on uh, my support system, they are my anchors. And she asked me in my uh, session who my support system was. Who? What? Who it was? Who it were? Who it was? Um, so I shared with her um, some of the who those anchors are for me. So remember that finding balance is not one and done. That's what I'm figuring out right now. You know, Um, I feel like I've been balanced for several years now. I think my family may debate that, but uh, I'm kidding. But I think that the tools that I have utilized in sobriety and living a sober life as a career woman, as a parent, um, and as a girlfriend, and all that good stuff, um, those tools, although incredibly helpful, are not quite enough right now to help me find the balance that I need on my own. Um, so I'm proud of myself for going to uh, start psychiatry sessions. And um, she's absolutely right. It does take courage to do that. But, um, you know, I leaning into the uncomfortable, that's where it's at. You know, that's the that's what the cool kids do. I'm just saying. So next week, I'll share. uh, I'm more than happy to share about my psychiatric adventure. Uh, To a point, you know, I will definitely filter out some things that are personal to me. But um, if I gain some insights and, and as I try to navigate how to apply them to my recovery, I'll absolutely share them. And until then, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.